Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Naomi McLeod. Hello. And Matt Knight. <laughs> Good and talk. That was an incredible automated voice impression, Naomi. I was impressed. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, you have got a very, very good voice for that. I'm, this is, uh, yeah, this is like talking to Google Maps. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, you lost it a little bit there. I could see a little bit of warble in the uh, in the voice there. Oh, bit yeah. more practice, maybe. That's the really happy TikTok sound. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm I can't say more of this. <laughs> sorry, sorry for scaring you, Matt. Oh dear. Yes, welcome, welcome back, Naomi. It's been a little while since we've had you on an episode. Thanks for thanks for coming on, and hanging out with us. Great to be back. It is great to have you back, and welcome back again, Matthew. You're uh, you're going to Barcelona tomorrow, Matt? Matthew. <laughs> Matthew. I'm here. Sorry, I had to get a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi generally made me spill my beer, so I had to. Uh, <laughs> I had to go and get it. Just quite the suspense, Mark. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was good. I ran off. Maybe, Sorry for the dead air, please. It was, Bill. it was like you'd gone to Barcelona already. Ah, oh, yeah, first time on a plane in two years wow. tomorrow. Oh wow! Where what are you flying like? out of? Oh, Gatwick. Okay, I haven't ah. seen Gatwick in the headlines for cues, so hopefully you'll. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully um, you'll be okay. I mean, to, to, for non-UK listeners, all our airports don't work anymore here in the UK. Everyone's come <laughs> back post-pandemic. And of course, all the, the airports and the airlines have laid off a bunch of staff. So they, they've sort of gone back to having the normal amount of flights without realising that not having any crews for the planes is an issue. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's it doesn't, it doesn't right work now. here at the moment. You can't leave. Yeah, I, I, I flew out of Dublin yesterday, returning from my holiday uh, back to the UK, and uh, I saw a family sprinting after getting through security. And you just—you shouldn't see a whole family sprinting in an airport. It's well, it's <laughs> little Jimmy's fallen over. Leave him! Leave him! <laughs> we don't have time, Jimmy. Uh, he'll make his own way back. You brought this on yourself. <laughs> Get the next uh, freaking flight, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's probably better places to be trapped. Uh, no, worse places to be trapped. I love Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona um, is great. I, I, I was talking to someone who came round to Catsit a while ago and said that her friend got was in Barcelona for a holiday and then, yeah, her flight was cancelled and they were like, yeah, we can't put you on another flight for another three weeks. And oh um, at that point, you're like, well... Pay for my hotel then. Yeah, I mean it's like a euro for a cerveza out there. Like you could spend three weeks happily. But the thing is, you have to go back to work, and I think oh. that person had left their laptop at home, understandably, oh, no. as they are on holiday. So it's just like you know, you've then got to take all of your remaining holiday to be on a holiday you don't actually want to be on. Wow! Imagine having a job where the holiday is defined <laughs> by there. someone else. <laughs> Imagine just having a job. Yes, Joe. Imagine. Imagine that. Imagine that. Well, oh, there's. Well, nonetheless, it's going to be great for you to actually get out to Barcelona. Um, what a lovely bit of the world! I know. Um, I've, I, I have actually been there probably more times than any other place in Europe. Um, really? Yeah. Barcelona. Oh. Yeah. Is why? A, why? Why yeah. do you always have meetings in Barcelona? No, actually, um, 
my f- best friend used to live out there. Oh, of course and, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. One year it was a, a friend of my wife's birthday and they wanted it in Barcelona. So we went there. Then we went over for a work meeting and then I went over for their wedding all in the same year. So I actually went three times in one year. But it is crazy. It is scarily cheap to fly abroad. For those of you listening who maybe live in America, I guess maybe it's a bit like domestic flights, but you can fly to another country cheaper than you can get a train to Scotland. So, um, you know, that's why it's better to go to Barcelona than Scotland. That, that is yes. <laughs> I think it's like I think it's about fifty euros to fly to Barcelona, which is really, just, which is just that mad, is not really. bad at all. Yeah, oh. Spain is a cheap place to get to and a great place to be. Mm, indeed, indeed. Who knows what guitars I'll see out there? It's a work trip, so I'll have to report back. I don't know what Spain's uh, Spain's sort of guitar sitch is. You know, really, I don't know how. Like, you know, you know, if you go to Scandinavia, you get all these fantastic, weird, and wonderful things because Scandinavia seems to get like a lot of those uh, old like Russian instruments from the 50s and 60s. So you'll see crazy stuff out there, which is really awesome. And of course, if you go to Germany, then you have access to that wonderful sort of 60s, 70s German instrument revolution. Um, oh, and I guess in Scandinavia, you also get loads of Hagstrom. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, but in, in Germany, obviously, you get the big, all the Hofner stuff, all the... Uh, uh, oh, the name's at Framus stuff. That's really cool. But I don't know what you what you get in Spain. A lot of classical guitars, actually. I, I guess. In fact, that's something that uh, the the keyboard player in my band, Josh, got really into. He really wanted like a classical guitar, and we discovered that Spanish built tiny little luthier classic guitars from like 30, 40 years ago for go for absolutely no money on eBay and Reverb because it's just like some old fella. Who, who like who <laughs> that poured his heart it. and soul into something, <laughs> and your mate is going to charge him pittance for his hard work? Well, that's it. We realised, you know, you could get like a Takamini, or I don't know, I don't know who, you know, what what sort of uh, classical guitars you can get made by the big brands. You could get that. Or if you just hunt eBay and Reverb, you can... Well, I guess, actually, was this pre-Brexit? I guess maybe it was. So it was way easier for us to get um, get guitars over from Spain. You, you could just have a look on Reverb and eBay, find some old dude selling the guitar that he had commissioned to be built in, like, the 60s, and you get, you know, a fantastic, like, 50, 60-year-old classical guitar. That's what Spain's good for mariachi stuff i'll I'll look out for it although yeah just you saying mariachi just reminded me of two things one uh the time that doritos filmed an advert when we worked at gak and they had a mariachi band there were you working at gak at that point i was not i don't i don't i could have been but i do not remember uh yeah doritos reached out came in once and someone was on a recce to find like a music store for a doritos advert uh, which involved a mariachi band. And uh, that also reminded me that we used to sell the giant six-string fretless bass that they play in the mariachi. Oh, yeah, I remember that. What's it called? Oh, it, is called, called? it is called a... a mariachi. Do you know Naomi? Because A guitar been... it's, a... it's called oh, a guitar Yeah. Guitar or guitar on? Guitar on. Guitar on. Guitar on. Oh, wow. I want one. I remember. They sound I amazing. One. So you had one in Gak? Yeah, we had one in Gak at, at no, one I've point. Never se- yeah, I've never seen one in um, a store. What, what do you get? Like the equivalent of nine frets, but it's fretless and six strings, right? That's, yeah, you basically you just, I think you just need to be able to like look the part and then just pluck a few strings <laughs> and it just works. <laughs> so you're saying Joe will be a, a fantastic guitar on uh, player? I think the guitar on players tend to be slightly more rotund than me. Um, <laughs> but I definitely have the moustache for it. I'm halfway there. Um, are they tuned really weirdly as well, I think? Are they just tuned in fourths? It's something A D G C E A. I had this uh, brief That's period. Barry tuning, is it not? Oh, yeah, maybe. Some Barry's, I think. 
I'm not, I had this brief period where I really wanted my band to become like a tradition. I wanted us to do an album of our songs in traditional mariachi stuff. I really didn't understand cultural appropriation, I think, when I was younger. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, 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 I went through the process of trying to order one through GAC. I can't remember. I think it was Barnes & Mullins who stocked whatever that brand was, Matt, that made the guitar on. Yes. I, I remember contacting them and being like, can you get one of these? And they were like, if you pay the full import for it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, we definitely, yeah, we did have one at one point. I can't even remember who we sold it to, but um, I think it, it's basically, it's just, because it's bass, I think it's just a lot of root notes um, mm, and you double mm-hmm. up with the octave. So yeah. you really only like fret like one string and then it's yeah. just like a lot of octave um, stuff. But yeah, very cool. Just a random side note there. But yeah, you do get a lot of cool, like, I, I actually think, like, with classical, there's, I mean, there's some really, really expensive classical guitars out there, purely because they're so much older than traditional electric guitars. So you can really get some super old acoustics. Kind of what I think we were saying at last week, Joe, about Martin and the fact that Martin's been going since, like, 1834 or whatever. And, um, yeah, it's just some seriously old and valuable um, mm. classicals out there that have had time to, like, wear in and age and just sound amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Naomi, in, in Dublin, do you, do you yes. find that you see in music shops a lot more, uh, like, more traditional Irish instruments? Like, do you get a whole bunch of fiddles and, uh, like, frame drums and <laughs> stuff occur- occurring? F- frame drums, my God. Um, I'm sure... If there are any Irish trad players listening, there'll be um, a oh, big be, audience. Big be, audience on the guitar yeah. nerds community for. Uh, <laughs> Look, the, uh, I'm just I'm just pointing out the obvious. Okay. What, what, else, what, what other Irish instruments do you get? Uh, are there in, in well, the arsenal? I guess flute. Yeah, well, um, it's just funny you mentioned because they're traditionally excused upon. Um, in my time, certainly, it's been a little bit harder to actually find. Um, traditional instruments in the bricks and mortar stores Uh, because what you have is you have like I mean like a lot of other uh, instrument retail you have you know your sort of budget offering but then you have an awful lot of craft makers kind of working on the higher end stuff Um, and I think very often that that literally could be sort of a a one man or a one person operation yeah um, sort of made to order type of thing so I, I did actually play a little bit of traditional music growing up uh, oh yeah, what we did were, you play? We were made play it in school, um, which kind of went well. I, <laughs> play I went your to, roots. <laughs> well, I, I went to I went to schools where um, speaking Irish was the norm, and you actually could get detention. That's so you, cool! It was it uh, fantastic. I am so glad that my parents did that. Um, yeah, Gale whoa. schools is what they're called, right. um, and you could get detention for speaking English. Actually, <laughs> literally, that's cool. Literally, I'm yeah. into this. Well, I mean, it's it's you know promoting the. The, the native language of which course, as, absolutely as should, should be kept alive um but what was fantastic we've was all we, seen what's happened to scotland you know so uh it, it's, <laughs> it's true <laughs> um but yeah so we were uh really heavily encouraged to play flute to play tin whistle and to play baron which is the frame drum you speak of yeah um and yeah so had a sort of light light experience of that then got back into it in my teen years and fun, funnily enough classical guitar as well to do ah. the to do like the senior school exams um but yeah i mean there there are some really gorgeous instruments out there like bazooki is quite a big part of, <laughs> oh, of, of yeah. irish of irish trad music as bazooki well he's so cool that's mm-hmm. of course, i forgot that completely of course it's a yeah a, an essential part of irish music yeah yeah um off the stringed instruments like bazooki seems um even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I mean, I, I, I could be way off here. I'm going off what sort of traditional music I'm into and a specific player called Andy Irvine, which if you've not heard Andy Irvine, please check out his stuff. He was in Planksty, one of the, the best known sort of uh, Irish trad bands of the sort of 70s onwards. Um, right. But yeah, so Bazooki was his thing, which became uh, quite influential in, in more modern bands. Mm. Um, but yeah, like around the stores um, in Dublin, I can think... Off, off the top of my head of two stores that sort of more heavily promote um, the sort of trad instruments, but it's unfortunately definitely not the sort of thing where any any music store you walk into will have your violins and your kind of flutes and um, stuff like that. Like Bowrons, because they're small and portable, they're really popular with tourists in the same way that ukes would be. Um, and I suppose tin whistles are as well. But um, yeah, the more in-depth stuff is a little bit harder to find uh, on the ground these days. I see. Yeah. Mm. I actually have a, uh, before we move on, I have a funny story about bazookis. Um, the first time I actually heard about a bazooki, I was uh, 16 years old, working in my first guitar store. We decided to, um, the guy that owned it was like, he he was doing like seven days a week basically he was like i really need like a day off so me and my friend um worked a couple of like saturdays for him and someone yeah. came in and went have you got any bazooki strings and i went and, and he I went is laughed. that not what arnold schwarzenegger shot the bad guys with in commander <laughs> yeah yeah basically uh and i was and he was like yeah have you got any strings for bazooki and we were like the f- bazooki oops i just swore <laughs> yeah. you have to blank they have to blank that one out joe i've got a bleep now and uh i was like you're making that up. And they were like, no, it's like a real instrument. I was like, it's definitely not a real instrument. And you said this to, did you say yeah, this to I was the like, customer? Oh, I was like, it's definitely not a real And they were like, no, no, it's like, <laughs> this was like, I say pre-internet. This is early, not like, not every computer was like hooked up to the internet at this point. I think we had still had WAF on our phones. And uh, yeah, and then I realised oh. several years later, uh, it was actually a real instrument. I mean, why would you walk is, into a guitar store and ask for a bazooki strings? Terrible. My guess as you were beginning the story was, given you were a teenager, was it going to be some hilarious uh, mix-up between bazooki and bazooka? <laughs> and, um, that would have like, been quite good. No, it, well, was, like, it was generally a customer a customer asking and I, had, I was like, that's not real. It's not real. <laughs> in, the, in the store I worked in, in Dublin, which... Um, yeah, in sort of my latter teens, there was a legendary uh, sort of moment, which even in my youth as a total uh, customer advocate, I was really like disappointed by, you know, vicariously, which was that um, nothing to do with trad, but it was that someone, uh, some very young uh, new guitar player came in um, asking about capos and the guy working the floor at the time who was uh one of the managers he said and i'm I'm gonna heavily censor the word he used but here's the the uh family friendly version was dude capos are for idiots <laughs> oh, literally God. said it literally oh, said that to a customer <laughs> and uh, oh. also bear in mind that idiots was not the word um, yeah. yes it, i got what the word was <laughs> yeah it went on uh went on to become a legendary um cringe <laughs> moment of the Excellent. store just like oh, talk about crushing talk about crushing someone's dreams of being a transposing guitarist yeah i think um i've seen I've, just, I've witnessed a few of those in my time yeah oh, just yeah. just just for capos just, <laughs> justice for capos indeed capos capos on amps 
Um, I've been looking up traditional instruments that I could possibly purchase from, like, big companies that make, you know, sort of odd traditional instruments. Give the Music actually have their own brand, Concertina. They do. It's true. That is for, like, sub £200. I I could get that and learn to play that. I think... um... I think it's really, really important to have sort of uh, entry a level. Concertina. <laughs> well, oh. a a concertina, but b entry level trad offerings. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, I think uh, it's more important than ever. With, you know, as as the decades roll on, um, that the music be preserved. And I think anything that helps people get into it without, without immediately jumping to that like craftsperson level instrument, of course, of upwards of sort of two k type of thing. What you know? um, what do we have though, Joe? What's the most traditional British instrument? Um, I believe it's the football chant. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I was actually going to say the pint glass, but then. Uh... <laughs> I don't, know. Um, I don't. I don't know why. I, I, who I cares? generally who cares what you, art is because it was. It was um, when I was on holiday a few I'm weeks. Sure, we appropriated it from someone else. <laughs> when uh, when I was on holiday a few weeks ago, we went to. Um, we were staying sort of in Dorset. We went to this tiny town, and as we went there, there was like uh, Wimborne. They had a fo- three day folk festival, and yeah. I was like, oh. This it was like a lot of people drinking cider and Morris dancing. I was like, ah, oh, maybe that's it. Maybe our traditional instrument is sticks. Morris dancing. Sticks. <laughs> um, yeah, we probably just stole it from the Irish. To be fair, fiddles yeah, and that. I don't. I don't think we have anything, mate. I think. I it's think. All yeah, I think there's. I think there's pretty heavy crossover of of British Isles folk, um, in in the music because i know um certainly quite a lot of scottish uh folk and language um sort of historically is very aligned with with irish because i know there's like in english folk music there's there's quite a lot of fiddle flute and whistle um i think it's just nuanced in the same way that um sort of scottish and irish folk music would be yeah. I'm also painfully aware of my lack of sort of in-depth knowledge. I'm <laughs> really, really keen to not insult any any lovely <laughs> listeners who are sat listening, uh, sur- literally surrounded by actual trad instruments. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, even, you know, to, again, mentioning Josh, the keys player in Polymath, he's from West Virginia, and uh, he occasionally sends us over these little... Videos that have like been filmed in sort of random Walmart car parks where people get together with bluegrass instruments, but like there's oh, this yeah. there's this weird community, um, almost jamming music scene in West Virginia, which is incredible. It's on the surface level, you'd think it's almost sort of laughably redneck, but but if you actually watch it, it's it's incredible. Like the, the there is this community for it and that it's largely freestyled and that the people are so adept at their instruments and, and it's a lot of banjo and mandolin uh and acoustic based stuff. But it is it's it's its whole own micro scene within there which is just really great and we ended up sort of like being like this is quite good maybe we could rip some of this stuff and make it proggy. really <laughs> you know so wow. yeah it's, it's yeah very cool it's, it's wonderful when you get those little sort of and i guess that's the nature of folk isn't it you get those little uh, uh sort of um, community-based uh pr- genres almost that's genres. Uh, yeah and kind of carrying on uh you know, story and history and uh, legacy. I think is such a such a big part of of folk music yeah, culturally. Yeah. That's cool. I'd like to like to look some look some of that up. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I, I'll Walmart send you some links. folk. It's, yeah, it's it's hilarious. It looks hilarious. Like it's you know like like it's someone's taking the mic. It's so because I think Josh initially said sent it to us being like this is where I'm from. Like you joke that oh you sure know, we, we yeah. joke that he's redneck and he's like this yeah. is what happens here. But then we were like oh actually. This music is great. <laughs> yeah, to use the uh, modern term, this actually slaps. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, dear. Exactly. <laughs> to change the uh, to change the subject completely, someone on the Guitarheads group on Facebook, just Guitarheads group on Facebook, dear listener, if you're not a part of it, um, uh, posted a thing of attack pick and a pick that I cannot believe truly exists. I thought I'd exhausted my plectrum hunt. 
it is a plectrum, just a plectrum. There's no electronics here. There's no mechanicalness. It is a plectrum that will make your six-string acoustics sound like a 12-string. Oh, wait. Hold on. I think I've seen something like this before, and yes. they're terrible. No, it can't be... T- <laughs> What a quick, what a quick and scathing review. <laughs> there used to be something, and I'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast before. It does look a little bit different, but there was a similar thing. I went to there used to be a really big guitar show in the UK called Music Live, I think, which the guy that runs that now runs the Birmingham Guitar Show. And it was actually in Birmingham, but in the days when every country had its own show, and this was actually at the NEC. And there was someone selling picks called the Jellyfish, um, which, again, was the same thing, but it was a pick that had a lot of basically, like, steel strings on the end of it, like really short steel strings that was, again, supposed to make your guitar sound like a 12-string and... It was rubbish. Oh, well, dear. It's I, a re- the idea is amazing, though. This, this, on the other hand, is it like is just lots of little, little lumps on a, on a plectrum to to make it sound like that. I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a six string to me, but that's fine. This, is, uh, nonetheless, I wanted that to be more impressive than it was. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still excited about the concept and the idea that it could possibly exist. Um, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's, we'll see. it's tricky, isn't it? When it comes down to picks, because it does actually play a massive part in your, not only in your guitar sound, but like how you play and all sorts of things. And, I guess everyone's got their own take on it and everyone wants to put their own spin on it. And you're going up against like some serious juggernauts. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. How many picks did Dunlop make? Um, sure. Yeah. I, I guess for me, the one thing, that, and this is, you know, just me being a, a, a little bit more conscious uh, now, I'm a bit older. It's just like, when are those companies going to be more sustainable? <laughs> do you know what i mean that's i mean how much plastic are they seriously are they like smashing out of those factories and i'm like yeah so i think someone needs to scale up a really sustainable pick business i know it sounds silly but i definitely think there's there's got to be something in that there's got to be people that got to be more conscious of that thing yeah here's the problem the guitar industry and by that i extend that to effects pedals amps and everything is pretty old school and Mm -hmm. you know by old school i mean (laughs) Uh, how to put this tastefully Uh, I'm not sure older generations take the recycling thing quite as seriously as younger generations and a lot of companies are still owned by older people and for that reason we are late to the punch this whole industry is late to the punch whilst other industries are looking at making things sustainable and I can count on one hand on less than one hand the companies I know who are making things sustainable people like Trent Guitars um, who are making their guitars kind of completely vegan they're using um, they're using eco paints. Mark Base have just released uh, a line of completely recyclable um, amplifiers, which is really cool. Oh, that's amazing! That's Isn't the that first. Cool? I've, that's the first I've heard of any amplifier company doing that. That's fantastic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, like a like as simi- similarly, um, it, because it was something I was talking with with Ashdown about. Ashdown have now stopped so that. All of their amps are are double Wii compliant, which means that they can be repaired no matter what for at least twenty five years past their point of order, like it, That's their fantastic. point of purchase. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a really important thing that that I don't think the industry has really fully got involved in yet, which is which is an important thing. I think yeah, obviously, plectrums are a massive part of that because mm-hmm. we lose plectrums so regularly. You buy. Mm-hmm. Plectrums all the time. They are little bits of plastic, which are awful for for sea life, and you know, just terrible for the environment in general. Are you still playing chicken picks, Matt? Yep. Which, again, I guess, if I remember rightly, they were out of a slightly more, I guess, again, probably not recyclable, but they last so long. They last a like, long time. I need That's to buy, the great thing. I need to buy like three picks a year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which has got to be better than buying a pack of Dunlops every month. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What do you use, Naomi? Um, I was just trying to think of clever things to say, um, <laughs> and the, <laughs> the best I could think was, uh, I've I've just incorporated more Motown into my playing just to reduce <laughs> my use of plastic. <laughs> yes, far um, more sustainable. No, I I uh, I am a very loyal Dunlop user. Um, there's been. There's been other picks that have sort of caught my attention, but I keep coming back to Dunlop MIDI picks. Uh, the 0.96 MIDI pick is my one. What is uh, it, a MIDI pick? Yeah, so um, when I, uh, a while ago, was sort of looking after accessories for a store that I worked for, which I absolutely loved, um, just finding out all the weird accessories that people were into. Um, I got really, really into sort of getting as many as possible of Dunlop sort of offering into the store. Um, and their MIDI picks are basically, um, they are like the Tortex, but just the in-between sizes. So instead of your 88, your 1, your 114, it was like 107 down to 96, down to 83, down to 67. Um, and we ended up very quickly with some seriously loyal Dunlop MIDI users who had never quite found the weight. Um. Isotope and Native Instruments have teamed up to create the start-to-finish bundle that home recording guitar nerds have been waiting for. Plus, you, dear listener, get an extra 10% off with guitar nerds by using discount code NERDS10 at the checkout on isotope.com. From the creative spark to the final touch, their new bundles include pretty much everything you could possibly need, which is great because it's far too easy to sink hundreds of pounds and a big chunk of your time into just picking up random plugins. The music production suite 4.1 and Complete 13 bundle contains over 30 intelligent mixing, mastering and repair plugins, 65 premium instruments, 20 plus expansions and over 35,000 sounds. And if that's a bit basic for you, they've also bundled Music Production Suite 4.1 with Complete 13 Ultimate, which gives you everything that makes Complete 13 incredible, plus a colossal library of added synths, sampled instruments and effects. 115 plus premium instruments and effects, 39 native instruments expansions and over 65,000 sounds. It sounds like a lot. It is. It's very good, very comprehensive. And as we've come to expect from Isotope, it's very good value. If you're looking to get into home recording, I cannot recommend it more highly. And if you're already into home recording, it it really is the one-stop shop for making what you do sound better. This podcast is entirely treated and produced using Isotope plugins, and Native Instruments have been responsible for almost every synth or sample you've heard on our Guitar Nerds jingles. Check out their great new bundles on isotope.com or follow links in the description of this podcast and use discount code NERDS10 at the checkout for 10% off anything in the Isotope arsenal. Or one of the sort of standout companies um, really working uh, openly on their sustainability was, and I regret that I forget the name of the sort of overlord company, but the company that owns Arton Luthery and Godin and Siegel and someone else. Um but the, one of their one of their huge manufacturing um sort of claims uh was a massive focus on uh sort of sustainable wood. Right. Um, and that was like it, it was literally like a, an agreement at, at sort of governmental level um in Canada that they were I'm not sure was it exclusively, but a huge chunk of their manufacturing was from already felled wood, um, like naturally fallen wood. Um, so they were felling absolutely as as little as possible. Um, yeah, see, that's that's very good. Yeah, but, I, I, but but they've been at it for years. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not a new thing to them. And I, I wish I wish more of the uh, more of the industry had had sort of gotten on gotten on that sooner. Um, but of course, it's it's never too late to begin. No, no, exactly. It's easier for smaller companies to do that sort of thing, like Grez, mm-hmm. Grez Guitars, for example, that we've talked talked about a bunch, and I have a Mendocino here. Um, they, all, all of, a lot of their guitars, their tops are from reclaimed um, Redwood, or old-growth oh, nice. Redwood, where they get that from, th- you know, th- decommissioned things or, you know, stuff that they've reclaimed, so... You know that's really cool, but of course it's very it's it's easier to do that as a as a small luthier than that is as a big company. Yes, of course. Nonetheless, nonetheless it is um, very cool 
indeed. Um, I I wanted to talk about um, a guitar brand that ha- that I have seen that I, I I think I vaguely knew about, but I don't think we've ever talked about. I want to talk about Baum guitars. Baum. Yeah, which is great. I mean, naming a guitar after the sound that a guitar makes is a great idea. Um, <laughs> we, it's like we Kerrang! It's like Kerrang! magazine. Very oh, true. No. Kerrang! Oh, is that what it is? Is that what yeah. Kerrang! is? Yeah. Joe, oh. did you not know that? I did not know that. I think... I, um, I knew that when I was 13. Yeah. That's the sound a rock guitar makes. Hence I think I should actually, buy this rock magazine. Ah, whereas this is more like a, a porno guitar, like bow, 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 bow. <laughs> <laughs> from the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And That's on nice. the next episode, we'll be discussing chicka wow wow guitars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, so bound guitars—they're a Danish brand. Um. Yeah, who like <laughs> that's, who, a, that's, that's as far as you've got in your research. <laughs> they are Danish. Danish. They are Danish. From they're from a place called Ars, uh, <laughs> which I'm not sure in in Denmark. I'm not sure that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I read it, and that that made me chuckle. But they, uh, yeah, so they are they're crafted out of Korea, so designed in Denmark, crafted out of Korea. Um, which is great. We're seeing so many more brands being able to do things like this, like come up with great ideas and then utilize some of the great Korean factories that we have mm. to, in order to, you know, to, to almost semi-mass produce things at affordable prices and make them really interesting and cool. Yeah, I think it's a bit similar to what uh, Ken was saying, you know, with Reverend and, and stuff like that. And, you know, Korea first world country got a lot of great people um that they pay people really well great factories you know a lot of people i think traditionally just think of like you know oh they must be cheap you know they come from you know far away and and that sort of thing but actually it's just i think it's really good that you can actually design a great guitar run a great company you don't necessarily have to build them but there's some people out there that will build the guitars for you you know prototype them you know, I remember talking to Rabia about his Chapman's, you know, and going through loads of revisions. It's not like they're like, oh, we followed your blueprints and here's a guitar and lump it or, you know, leave yeah. it. You know, you actually get to really develop a brand. So I think it's really exciting that, as you say, companies can make these kind of, you know, more unique guitars, I guess is one way to put it, and, and then have them manufactured at a high quality, at an affordable price. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like they're even on like Anderton. If you're in the UK, dear listener, Andersons have got some on offer at the moment down from like 1200 quid to 899, which is Ooh. that is an aggressive price point for their Baum wingman uh, in Skyline Blue, which is kind of a, I don't know, like um, a cross between Pelham Blue and sort of Daphne Blue, I guess. But it's metallic. It's somewhere in between there. But I'm talking about like a offset like 50s inspired that sort of faux vintage modern a pair of gold foil p90s that look incredible these weird block inlays on a rosewood neck a gorgeous parchment guard bigsby loaded incredible headstock what looks like a baked maple neck um i mean this it's it's extraordinarily cool and very on point very in vogue and uh, uh for 899 pounds there's an awful lot of cool going on with the bound wingman you failed to notice or mention actually the coolest thing they make is a bass uh, yes i was <laughs> i was leading up to I, this. I was watching i was like i agree with everything that joe says but i can't take my eyes off the new signature bass that they've released i'm like that is so good the pink thunder <laughs> great which, names well. which, which surprisingly of course is the instrument that led me to discover this brand <laughs> exactly ah is it okay i wasn't sure if you'd stumbled ah. on the guitars um the pink thunder i have to say has the actual coolest pickguard i've i've ever seen yeah so d- describe it for our listener <clears throat> um so a similar body shape um to what to what Joe's describing, certainly heavily retro-inspired um, offset. Uh, the Pink Thunder is, am I right in saying it's the only base model yes. appearing on the side? I think it is. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, beautiful offset, very retro um, body adorned with none other than a an extended lightning bolt shape pick, angular pick guard, mm. which is so, so striking. It goes so against the sort of um, gentle wide curves of the retro body. You know, it, it would be one thing maybe to see uh, such a pickguard on on a V body or on sort of a more metal body, but I just love how um, how sort of out of place it is. It's it yeah. makes for a really really striking instrument um, with a really vibrant pink finish, uh, gold hardware, um, yeah, a lovely um, a lovely piece of work by Say Adelican. Yes, the bass player for Gorillas or the live bass player for Gorillas. Yeah. Yeah, the actual um, bass player for Gorillas is a cartoon. Plays all the bass lines <laughs> himself. Um, do you know, the body shape reminds me of the Dan Electro DC 56. Oh, the uh, the one that was sort of shaped like a square. It yeah. was less offset than this. I see the inspiration there. Do you- do you For know sure. what it makes me think of? This is really random, but you know when you get like a <laughs> like a big lump of blue tack, and you're like, "What am I going to do? With that I'll roll it into a ball, I'll shape it into a square, oh, and then I'll just squish it." And I'm like, "That's exactly what the shape is." Yes. Someone's made a square out of like play doh and then just squashed it slightly. And then they're like, oh, that's kind of cool. I, I could make that into a guitar. Which, to be fair, I'm digging because this bass is um, it's wicked. And that lightning, um, that Harry Potter-inspired pit guard is just absolutely a genius touch. Don't very- bring Harry Potter into this. It's, it's an... It's- <sighs> It's a stalwart icon of rock and roll, the lightning bolt. We don't we don't need fake wizards <laughs> fake. You know, clouding the How dare you? Harry Potter is an institution. Um But yeah, no, uh, in all seriousness, very that is very cool and I want that base. I also want yeah. the suit that he's wearing. He's wearing a, a, a lipstick pink suit, dear with like white platform shoes and a white tie and the lapels of the suit also have the white lightning bolt on it um i hope that suit comes with it that would be a fantastic touch wouldn't it yeah yeah a suit just in there with the case yeah just under you lift you take the guitar off and there's a suit underneath yeah Um, it's definitely a very cool base but i don't think it's even available to purchase i think it is literally a signature model that they've made for for that fella um, oh, is it? So it's kind of showcasing the exactly the build yeah. capability. Well, it's it's really exciting. I would love to see sort it's of shame. any. I've got three I, customers I, right here. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be super curious to see any um, any further base builds that they do. Their their design certainly lends itself beautifully to to base. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope I hope they do extend. But the the shop direct on baumguitars.com is very interesting because actually um, they have sold out of these now, but they even sold the prototypes for some of their guitars early on, um, which is extremely cool. Um, and there was a um, there 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 is a model called the Leaper, which they do, which is the only one that's not really offset, and I love it. It's like a really fat bottomed double F holes. It's uh, like gold Bixby, a pair of those gold foil P90s that I told you about, dear listener, and, and it's like a single cut. It has, even though the pick guard goes over both sides of the body, it still has that wonderful thing that like Gibson uh, and Gretsch do with their pick guards, where where it's con- it is the pick guards raised off of the body and it's connected to the body by a little hook, mm-hmm. uh, if if that makes sense. But just everything about the Leaper. Um, is it is extremely cool. I wish it didn't have gold hardware off off of the bat, obviously, but you know, I'm sure that's something that they could get around. I don't know why we haven't been talking about this brand a bunch. These are really these are very cool guitars for the money. Like very if these were if these were two and a half grand, I appreciate they're Korean built and so these are priced, you know, for, for what they're worth. But if these were two and a half grand, I'd be going, damn, these are great looking guitars. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The um the wingman has really got me. The um That's their choice cool. of finishes are super tasty as well. The um what was the light blue colour that you were looking at? The sort of skyline blue mm. um is really sort of classy, but then on the site they have a um an Inca gold with black pickguard, totally changes the mood. Um, much more sort of rock looking vibes. 
Um, yeah, I really like their offering. And going back to the sustainability that we were talking about, I love any maker that lists their B stock and lists their prototypes. Oh, yeah. You know, any like that can really offer someone who's interested maybe who just isn't quite in budget it can it can still put the instrument into their hands and there's you know hopefully less um less sort of overstock being made then in in the yeah. production runs it's absolutely. all good all good absolutely well i hope i hope the the word i mean i don't know am i am, i don't feel am i late to knowing about bam guitars i'm i'm not entirely sure i feel like anderton's doing on a sale uh, doing a sale with them means that maybe not enough people know about bam guitars because these look very very cool um I hope, yeah, yeah. I hope we help to to spread spread the word. Um, there's just there's just a lot. I think the hardest thing. I mean, obviously, building a brand is obviously you know the hard thing for any company, but especially now with so many, you know, the option to go out and do this sort of thing. Like, it's not just enough to be unique in terms that. of body shape, and obviously the quality is going to be really good. It's about really. I I don't know. I don't know what it is like just being able to offer something that a lot of people are going to find like a really like reverend i think they've found a really good ground in stuff that's got traditional roots but you know does something a little bit different and they've spent so long 25 years like building up an, an incredible brand um must be really difficult you know for companies like this to just get started if you know what i mean yeah, just i completely go, like, agree you know where where do you go it's like yeah the factory's going to build these guitars for you it's like getting them in the hands of people and again just coming back to what ken was saying i think it was just like you know i think what was he saying early on like lots of people trying it going oh no i, I couldn't you know I, if i played that i'd get laughed off stage and you know it's got to be expensive or whatever and you know i think the mentality of people's really changed and people are well, um, I guess it feels like people are more likely to own lots of instruments that cost a thousand euros than one guitar that costs ten thousand euros. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, exactly. And I think it's kind of, um, I think it's testament to uh, how great the guitars are coming out of Korea. Again, we, you know, I spoke about this earlier, but just the fact that we've we've suddenly got access to um to to these brands in korea making incredible guitars so it's kind of like anyone can think of a great idea for a guitar and and korea can make them to a really really high standard Indeed. very cool right okay before we go any further i uh, i i uh, i want to present to you too um something that i need your help with i was i was looking through my guitar collection the other day and i was thinking there is actually a glaring a mission. Um, I do not own a baritone. The basics doesn't count. So um, th that doesn't count. That doesn't count. I need a baritone. You know, basics is something different. That is something different. Especially because I've got mine down in like D standard with ridiculous strings. You know, it's, it's something else. So I want just a straight up baritone. But, of course, I appreciate that, you know, like I'll have if I spend a lot of money on a baritone, I'll have Jay Cross and Mark Packham telling me that I should be saving for a house, you know. So, so what I've got to do is I've got to try to purchase a baritone for a reasonable amount of money that's still very good and lots of fun to play, which uh, leads us to our next jingle. The Battle of there you go. Well, neither of you heard that, but it was it was uh, <laughs> because it was I have so to add good. it in. I have to add it in later. <laughs> but that was the jingle for the battle of Barry's tone, um, and and I, I've I have limit. I I've got myself down to like five possibilities, but I'm willing to accept alternatives from either of you, Naomi okay. or Matt. Okay. Um, so you know, think about think. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, guys, but you know, think about baritone alternatives to these options um, for affordable baritones that I can get. So here's the. I've got five. So let me let me list the five for you, dear listener, as well as my co-hosts. First of all, I'll start with the cheapest, not a brand you have ever heard us talk about and a brand that I fundamentally stand absolutely opposed to because I do not like when when retailers do own brands because they're going to be poo. But 
<laughs> despite <laughs> Harsh, my best efforts, Jay. it's true. Despite oh, my best yeah. efforts, everyone says that Harley Bentons are pretty good. Um, so, uh, one of my options is the Harley Benton MR Classic Baritone, which is their. Um, uh, oh, why, why has the name escaped me? What, what the type of guitar right. this is? Most right. Thank you. Thank you, mm-hmm. man. Uh, so this is a Most right style um, double P90 loaded guitar. You can get it in Sunburst. It's got matching headstock. Um, you know, it's just sort of a like a, a maple back. They're the white scratch, but you've got that angled P90 in the neck. It's baritone. Yes, yes, it's very super affordable. It's £211 um on 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 toman's website but it's simple it's a cool body shape the company relatively speaking has a good reputation for super affordable stuff and that's not a lot of money so there is there is option one there's the harley benton at 211 pounds now i couldn't talk about baritones without you know, whilst excluding squire so our second option is the Squire Paranormal Baritone Cabernita. So again, we've got a dual P90. P90 is my favourite pickup, so that's already a win. Um, we've got a dual P90 loaded Cabernita style telly. Very, very cool. Downside is because the the, the paranormal stuff has like a, that satin, that modern neck. I, you know, I'm not I'm not a big fan of that, but it's okay. I can get around that because it's so cool because it's a Cabernita Tele, um, and uh, and you can get it. You can get it in Sunburst, which is way more my speed. But I could also get it in a Surf Green, which is pretty cool and original. Three, four, five pounds is not what bad. uh well they go not bad at all yeah then no, that's that is a pretty good price so that's the squire paranormal um i think I'm, i've moved out of price uh reference now but um gretch obviously the, the sax player in my band who does second guitar and a lot of our stuff he plays one of these gretch do the uh the g uh 5260t um, which is their jet baritone, and they do a Bigsby loaded baritone, which I'm very interested in. Love it. More than that, they do it in silver with a black plate, and it looks incredible. This is a very cool guitar. I've also watched some videos of people turning these into bass sixes, so this kind of doubles up as being a real kind of option for me for, for doing some absolutely crazy stuff with, so... Uh, I am a a big fan of 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 this model. So it's their sort of solid body single cut, dear listener. Bigsby loaded, silver. It, it's super cool. Five seven seven though. So we're getting up there. Six hundred pounds on the Gretsch. Now the last two options, both Dan Electro, Dan Electro fifty eight Longhorn Baritone. What? What? That's right, dear listener. You can get the Longhorn, which you know. You could only really get as a short-scale bass for a long, long time. The Longhorn is available as a baritone guitar, which just for originality and ridiculousness, the Longhorn, dear listen, is that onion-shaped body, if you're not familiar. Um, in <laughs> The onion. <laughs> the onion. In that wonderful copper burst finish, so sort of white to weird orange. Um, that is super cool. And, of course, you can access every single fret thanks to the... The weird onion longhorn body shape. So just for being cool, original, and different, I'm well into this. Five hundred and fifty pounds on fifteen pounds on one of those, and the last Dan Electro option is their fifty six, um, which is they do their their fifty six vintage baritone, which is uh, available with a in 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 a single cut like sorry it's this the 56 is this single cut sorry i mean it's it's a hollow body and it has their f hole on one side two of their lipstick pickups that gorgeous wonderful it is actually a proper bridge so it's not just that weird like wooden saddle that you get on the dan electros there's a proper bridge on there is is very cool 494 for one of these and you can get it in a in an awesome sort of ice white um, again with a rosewood neck, six aside headstock, very very cool. D on the body, Ooh, we like that. Um, so those were the sort of the five I boiled it down to. But I'm up for alternative suggestions. I want to hear what you guys think, and if you have any other options 
for me. Naomi, what, where, where are you sitting? What, what, what one of these is, uh, is, is the best option? Of, I mean, yeah, I think there's, there's a few gorgeous, gorgeous options in here. In terms of alternative suggestions, um, because I have the memory of a goldfish with long COVID, um, refresh me, were you specifying budget baritone? Battle of uh, Barry's budget baritone. Uh, well, or, yeah, I, I, it would be great if I could not spend a bunch of money, but also, okay. you know, like I, I mean, I have a lot of credit cards, so it's not. You it's know, true. It's not, it's it's not true. the end of the world if it's. If That's it's what credit's there bunch. for. <laughs> I am not going to be here long enough to pay for it all, so you know that's that's my <laughs> yeah. plan. Yeah. Party now, pay later. Um, yeah, well, there is um, a strong contender that we've we've not yet mentioned, and that is the Reverend Descent. Um, the fact that there is an offering in the Reverend catalogue, I think we shouldn't. Um, it's yeah, it's very true. Very true. We shouldn't ignore the fact that Reverend actually doing it's the the Descent is the is the is the model that's available as a baritone. Yes, right. Descent or a baritone. Um, and that is largely for their general build and in sort of baritone in between pitch um, sort of register. I think um, build hardware um, and parts are something that are, you know, potentially leaned on that little bit heavier. Um, there's a rail hammer humbucker pickup in there as well, which I would just be dying to hear oh, um, yeah. again at baritone range. Um, the other long-time contender uh, for me is Squires. I think it was a vintage modified Jazzmaster Barry that they did years ago. Um, and it came in Antigua, um, which I... Oh, was, yes. Yeah. Yes. You know. These were very... They're like rocking horse poo now, though, aren't they? they you can't, you can, <laughs> can't really find them. No, and that is because they were ace. They were so good. I um, wish we'd realised that at the time. Naomi, were you working in a guitar shop when they came out? We, I was. Like, that's, yeah. that's how I came across it. And it was it was like possibly three of them that came through the store at the time. And it was it was definitely one that I look back on as as a bit of a sleeper. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just at the time, um, you know, couldn't really justify maybe outlaying for an instrument I wasn't going to be playing in the band I was in at the time um, as a bassist, you know. Right. Um, and God, I, yeah, I wish I'd gone for it because it um, they were just fantastic. And I think the finish is so weird. It's one of those ones that you'll be guaranteed to fall in and out of love with, but always, <laughs> always, uh, always kind of come back to um, being fond of. So that was, yeah, that would have been my quirky, my quirky alternative vote. Um, but of the options that you've selected, I think um, I have to say I hate... I hate the longhorn shape. I really, it could not do it <laughs> oh, less for me. Damn it. Like, I, it's sort of a marmite. It's sort of like, I, you know, I can completely see what was being gone for design-wise all those years ago. And I can see why it's iconic, you know, because it's just so, so different and so out there. But I utterly could not picture myself wearing one of those and um, being okay with it. Um Beyond that, I think the um, Cabernet Telly is a really pretty instrument. I think it's really, really um, nice visually. And also the two P90s will be a strong contender for me, uh, spec-wise. Um, going beyond that, I think I think I would break my my spook around Dan Electro for the 56. Um, it is beautiful. It, it looks, it looks, I don't know, like, prestigious it looks high quality it does it does yeah i think it, i think it looks far beyond its price um additionally i know it was the was it the ice white um i think they just called it white it was but just i white. said ice to try and make it sound posher <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you um but their other finish options um in the baritone are stunning as well they do they do a large flake black sparkle um they do i think it's called dark aqua but it's a really really vibrant um sort of uh surf turquoisey finish as well so i think there are some really really strong options there um and just overall design wise i love it to look at i think the two lipstick pickups uh matching headstock um and just overall sort of shape uh they just fit well with the with the sort of scale 
um, and aesthetic of the whole thing. Mm. Yes, you might have just. Oh yeah, you might have sold me on the fifty-six. Matt Knight, where where are you coming in at? Um, for you, like you said, Harley Benson. I think actually there are some quite cool guitars in their range, and some really accessible guitars for players. Like again, just from a money perspective um they just make a lot of options and actually yeah seeing a lot of people talk about them um and considering like they do like a range of like hollow bodies that are like 160 quid like i think that's quite cool um but saying that i don't like mosrite style guitars at all and i think it looks rubbish um so i just don't like that guitar personally i could see you playing the dan electro more than anything um i think the cabernita um as much as i'm into shell pink and those kind of colors i think it looks also a bit rubbish um i don't know what it is it's just it's not Doing if you're going to do that colour, it has to. It I think has to it's go the vintage gloss. I th- yeah, I oh, think really? it's the pickups. I don't know. I I think it just needs one pickup, and it needs a maple fretboard for me. Um, but yeah. looking at the Squire range, they do a Tele custom in black. That's a baritone. They do. They do. I did notice that and excluded it. But maybe, maybe I should Which is quite just cool. because I was thinking about the paranormal. But you might have. Yeah, maybe I've made the wrong I, decision. Um, I think the only thing I might find with that is it's probably a gloss neck and feel that maybe... Well, that's what I want. Oh, well then... I don't like satin necks, Matt. They uh, are rubbish. No, they're they the are for people who make excuses best. about... I know, and I love uh, excuses. ...about guitars oh, I can't, Joe, be, I can't feeling a certain way and that being the reason you can't play it properly. Um, I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> do you know what I would do, Joe? I just think you're wrong. I would get the Teddy Custom, I would take the neck pickup out, and I would, yes. I would Get just up. make it. I would yes. just put a. I'd make it an Esquire baritone, oh and everything oh. would be right with the world. That's the best idea. That's the best idea because you don't need a neck pickup anyway in anything. I think uh, as well for that. I mean, that's what I did to my beer baritone. I think neck pickups on ba- on baritones can get pretty muddy. So I think you want right. something that cuts through. You want something that's got a bit of bite to it so a slightly hotter pickup works really well um mm-hmm. vintage ones are just a bit bottom heavy and a bit muddy um, that's a very good point so that's that's the way that i would go with that personally it's a great suggestion matt i think i'm probably oh, you know I'm, I'm stuck between the den electro and that i'm going to take some time to think about it and i'm going to make a decision and uh, whilst I think about that, we're going to end the podcast and go over to the Patreon and talk about some more guitar stuff over there. So that, dear listener, is all the time we have on this week's episode. You can join us over at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. We're going to talk more about this. And uh, you can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month at the dollar tier. You get this episode ad free and only $5 gets you access to the Patreon special. $10, you get the lot plus I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. You can find us on all your favorite social media platforms. Join the the guitar nerds group on facebook and get involved in our weekly episode discussion thanks for listening you've been lovely we've been the guitar nerds farewell goodbye goodbye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 